Hey sis, it's a weekly shakedown of the binary walls around us. Breaking it out and building a bridge. Checking our biases with empathy and humility and questioning the status quo. It's about building allyship that is intentional and confident. When I was growing up, I always loved acting, but when I realized I was trans, I thought, well, what does this mean for my future? Will I be able to have a career? Will I be openly trans? Or if I wanted to do something like this, would I have to be stealth and would I have to try to blend in, you know? And so I feel like there's so many questions out there, but with the way that things are going, I'm just so hopeful. And I think that there's so many opportunities for people now. Welcome to another episode of Hey Sis. Today, we are joined by some of the creative force behind Dawn, her dad, and the tractor. Yeah, we are speaking with Shelley Thompson, and Shelley is a Canadian actress best known for her character, Barbara Leahy, on the hit Canadian mockumentary, Trailer Park Boys. Born in Calgary, this is Shelley's debut into the directorial world with uh, Dawn, her dad, and the tractor that is uh, going to be premiering across Canada uh, over the next few months. And we're also joined by Maya B. Henry, the lead actress in Dawn, her dad, and the tractor. Um, You were born in Ontario and studied at Ryerson. And um, is this your first, uh, first feature film? Yeah, it's my first feature film. It's so oh, exciting. This is even more exciting. So welcome. Welcome to season two of Hey Sips. We're really excited to have you both join us. Thank, Thank you. you. So let's kind of get into the nitty gritty of things. So tell us a bit about the inspiration behind the movie. Um, well, in, uh, in 2015 or so, my son um, began his transition and um, was kind enough to let me go on the journey with him. Um, and uh, it was a pretty profound journey for him, as you can imagine, and and by extension for his family as well. And uh, it was, you know, it was like any journey I've ever been on and one I wouldn't have missed. Um, and I, as, as we, as we, talked and 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 grew through it as a family you know it was very clear we wanted somehow I wanted to tell the story but I wanted to tell it in a way that reflected not not his journey so much because I'm not a trans individual but but the impact on me as a parent and and on on our family and and marry those two things together so we had a lot of conversations and we you know he was a he was the inspiration completely and continues to be I think that's um, that's so wonderful. And the way that you told the story, I, I became aware of how um, your son grew up in rural Nova Scotia. You said that you're living in uh, the Wolfville area now. And so the story of uh, Dawn is uh, is a flip of that in a way, then returning back to a rural community and um, and and then what ensues from there. Do you want to do you want to share a little bit about that with us? Maybe uh, first Shelly and then Maya yeah and I was going to say Maya could speak to this really well because um Maya's experience really her personal experience as I understand it really mirrors Dawn so maybe I'll just hand over to her great yeah sure so I grew up in a small township in Ontario called Georgina and then when I graduated high school I went to Toronto Ryerson University and that's where I really found 
my voice and my capacity to transition a lot of queer individuals coming from rural communities it's important for them to find community and so one way they do it is either through the internet or through meeting other people in more urban environments so that they can have more diversity you know and so for me it was really important and it's very similar to dawn and so you have that double life in a sense where you have your your old friends and your family waiting for you back home, but then you are changing so much when you go to the city and you kind of have to bridge the gap at some point and almost in a sense, reintroduce yourself. And so there's a lot of hiccups along the way that can happen. There's a lot of misgendering and mis like dead naming, I guess you'd call it. And so there's a lot of that stuff going on. And so I think this film does a good job of capturing that. And I have a lot of similar experiences myself, even with going to my younger sister's graduations and seeing a lot of people in my community that I had remembered before. And maybe some of them don't recognize me, some of them do. And so it's just that playing that game of who knows, who doesn't, how is this going to go? I don't know. And for a trans person, it can be very scary because you have to go through this roller coaster of emotions every time. And it's almost like you're coming out as transgender over and over again. Yeah, I'll speak directly to that just because I relate very closely <laughs> to that experience. And I feel like, especially in, in Nova Scotia and a lot of Atlantic communities, trans people feel very similar. Um, just brief background information. So I grew up in Truro, um, about 45 minutes outside of Halifax. Not rural by any means, but definitely small-minded. Um, and then uh, went to Halifax to pursue my post-secondary education, four years. And eventually I told myself I'd never come back. I hated Truro, never wanted to live there again. And then I bought a house here. So here I am. Um, so very similar experience though. I myself, I'm a trans person. Um, I started transitioning when I was younger, um, but uh, definitely it's a, it's a, it's a weird experience coming back and as, as an adult because um, people are able to say a lot more things about you and be a lot more targeted <laughs> than when you're a kid. So say, uh, difficult experience. So um, question for you, Maya. Um, so during filming, as you said that you had very similar experiences, were there any times that you felt it was difficult to film certain scenes? There were a lot of really heavy scenes in the movie. Were there any of them in particular that you felt were like, oh, this is really tough and you needed kind of assistance getting through that? Or I think there was definitely a aspect of reliving certain I guess you could call them traumas um, when you're like going through your transition and you go through so many trials and tribulations along the way to get to who you are. And there's a lot of difficulty um, that Dawn has to go through. And so, um, yeah, there, there definitely is moments, um, but everyone was so supportive and kind and we really talked through everything and everyone was um, always open-minded and willing to be educated um, with anything that I had to say or anything input that I had and so I felt very comfortable um, in the space that I was um, kind of recreating these moments even if they were stuff that I had also gone through so um, but definitely um, I don't think that any trans person likes to be misgendered or uh, dead named and you have that with the uh, the town bully Marty in this film and so you have this kind of antagonist that comes and goes throughout the film um, who maybe has more malicious intent um, whereas the other characters are sometimes just a bit aloof or maybe they don't know and they need time and patience in order to grow with Dawn. And so definitely I think there's uh, a lot of 
reality in that. And sometimes it is hard, um, even when you're acting to hear like the he, him and to have it be so specific to the trans experience, but it's so important as well. And I think the representation of being a trans actress, playing a trans role is really important. And, um, and honestly, it just feels very like genuine to me. I know that this is like a reality that we have, you know, so to be able to be that voice for other people and hopefully to have trans people reach out as well and say, Hey, like I went through this too. And it was so nice to see you do it on screen, you know, I hope that answers that. <laughs> oh no, that's so great. And it's like, it's, it's amazing. Cause you do like the movie captures so many, um, so many pieces that resonate to me as a mom with a, a young trans child. And I actually streamed the film with, with my child and. Oh, and, great. Uh, yeah. And he, and he, he loved it. And, um, but oh, you know, it's funny cause he was like, Oh, you know, that's so great. And, and, but you know, Dawn is very, this character is, is very forgiving. Um, and, I, you know, and I try to be like that too, because I know people make mistakes. And um, one part that just jumped out at me as a mom, I don't want to give too much away at all, but is when one particular character, um, Jeremy, who who gets it right at like that moment around the dining room table, if if I can just allude to that, where just you're waiting as as the introductions are happening around the table and, and you're looking at him and maybe your bias is saying, oh, he's an older generation and he's not going to get it. And and just the way that um, he interacts with Dawn in that moment just sent shivers throughout my body. Really. Yeah, that's one of my that's one of my favorite moments in the film. I think that that actor really delivers, really delivers that moment to us in a way that makes us go, okay, it's not so hard. You know, it's not so hard to be kind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I really, I love that moment. I think that that's a, an actor called Hans Bogelt, uh, who plays Jerry and he's, um, just a lovely actor. And there's a lot of little moments like that, even with John and, and your dog that you, you know, you haven't seen in several years and the, and the dog is aging and, um, all of those little moments of heartbreak, you know, of like even seeing the photos on the wall and things, things like that. There's just so much, like you said, about the, the coming out process and the journey that it's never just one single moment in, in your life as, as a trans person. Um, I can't speak to that obviously, but as, as a family as well, and for the people around you on your journey, you know, with you on the journey with you. Um, maybe I'm just curious. So now the casting of, of Rob Wells from uh, trailer park boys as the dad um, well played. Uh, and I, we wondered like, so how, like, how much did that character resonate um, with with the character, say, from Trailer Park Boys? Or, um, you know, and I, I have so much, you know, curiosity around that. And I think, you know, hopefully, too, it'll really give the film a really broad appeal um, to the people that would, say, tune into Trailer Park Boys that could really, like, you know, this kind of movie could be just so resonating and, and, and you know, and enlightening for, for broader yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I didn't start in that place. I didn't start going, oh, if I could just get Rob, I could get the whole Trailer Park. You know, I didn't start there at all. I, I've worked with Rob for years on Trailer Park Boys. I've always admired him. He's always been a gentle, kind um, soul who uh, I always just thought was a terrific actor, but wasn't, uh, didn't have any 
opportunity to see his full potential and as Ricky, you know, it, 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 it's a wonderful thing. Trailer Park has done great things for Nova Scotia and for him. And, but, you know, a, a, as an actor, from my point of view, he's got a lot more facets. And so he was, you know, I was looking at him and thinking, oh, I just think he, I think he would be wonderful as this father and it, and it would be surprising and it would be wonderful for him to do something so different. So, um, so it came from there, but, and so he was in, I didn't write this part and then think, who can I cast? I thought I'd love Rob to be this man, this father. I think he would get it. And, um, so he was always there in my head and, and then, and then obviously as we made the film and it became clear to me, you know, that, that having Rob would, would mean that we had access to a bigger audience. I thought, well, this is, this is a good thing because there's a constituency here who perhaps aren't hearing this type of story enough and who perhaps haven't got enough access to the humanity that we've been trying to find in this story. And so I think that's a, I think that's a really good thing if that, if, if it beams into homes where this story hasn't been heard before or told before or seen before. And so that, that's really exciting to me. The idea of reaching a a constituency that's um, not the trans community, but should, should be introduced to the trans community. Maya, your relationship in the movie um, with your sister, it's complicated. Um, Mm -hmm. It's very complicated and was complicated even before uh, Don had gone away and was at home living as as Donald. Um, You mentioned that you have younger sisters as well. Um, Do you want to speak a little bit to to that and any parallels or what it was like maybe when you were transitioning with your family or wherever you feel comfortable going with this? Yeah, I think uh, maybe that's where Dawn and I differ a bit. Um, I was very fortunate to have my sisters, well, they're younger than me. I have uh, four younger sisters, which is a lot. So I come from kind of like a secondary caregiver to them because I was older and my youngest sister has a nine-year age gap. So I feel like in a way they were always looking up to me, which is really flattering. And so transitioning for them, it was never an issue. And it was something that they were always supportive with. And I felt like I could connect with them on an even deeper level because now they could really see who I was and I could take them out shopping and we could, you know, there was no barriers anymore. And I would say maybe my sister, Emma, who I'm closest in age with, there was definitely some rivalry when we were younger and I was jealous of her. I was jealous of the lifestyle that she had. um, And I wanted to wear the nice dresses she had. I wanted to be that person, you know? And so I think that caused some tension, but being able to transition, we were able to bridge that gap. So I think that's probably the most similar parallel that I have with Dawn and Tammy is that kind of that barrier that's unspoken. And with Dawn and Tammy, um, I feel like as well, like Dawn wasn't necessarily able to connect with Tammy as much as she would have liked because she wasn't being her authentic self. And so they're kind of taking that journey together on this film, which is really nice. I think that's so beautiful. And I'm just thinking when I was thinking about it, when I was watching it just to my own family and um, I have two girls and then my boy, uh, who's our youngest. But I think at first the journey was really stressful um, for them in the sense, like for the sisters, because they thought, 
I don't know this person anymore. And they, they generally were going through that feeling of how do I relate? You know, it, this all feels different. But then something beautiful happens, you know, as you get to know somebody for the real authentic self, like you're saying, and the relationship becomes just so much deeper. And, and they would say that now that they're closer than they've ever been and could probably ever like have been if, um, if, if Dylan maybe hadn't come out as living, as living their truth. And I feel Isaac, you could probably speak to that too, coming from a home with, I think you have several sisters as well. So Always sisters around here, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I'm the middle child, actually. So I have an older sibling and a younger sibling. And, you know, growing up, my older sister was a little, a little bit of the boss. And, you know, when my parents divorced, she, she ran the show. But me and my sister, we fought a lot. But now, like, as an adult, and I think, you know, in the movie, it really shows that is when you get older, you start to find a new appreciation for these people. And then when you realize that, especially with trans people, they're really not that much different from the person that you used to know. They just go by a different name or different clothes, things like that. Um, I think that's really important because people always get this idea that when someone transitions, that there's a death of an identity or like someone is no longer with us and they have to go through that mourning process. But in reality, it's, it's more like a, I want to say like a butterfly, like someone is evolving into something better and becoming their true self. And that I find that was like encapsulated perfectly in the movie. So oh, that's, I'm glad that I'm, <laughs> I'm glad to hear you say that. And it's interesting because I just would, would be interested in, in, in this point about the, the death or the, the chrysalis notion. And, and I think what I found, what I found difficult as a parent was not the death of an individual or the, or the loss of the individual, but I think as I've, you know, as I put a little time behind me, what, what it was for me, what I was grieving and mourning was not the loss of the individual, but the loss of all the notions that went with that individual and their, and their gender specific role in the world. So mm-hmm. I had, you know, I'd given birth to a biological girl, to a daughter, and what came with that individual, even though I thought as a very groovy parent and I was, you know, not, you know, not forcing gender norms and not doing this and not doing that. Well, I, you know, I was, and I was inculcated with a whole bunch of ideas that, you know, I didn't know I had and I couldn't fight. And, but I was aware that I was dependent on the notion of being, you know, this is a very crass example, but the mother of the bride, you know, at some point in my life. And I think, I think when you come to grips with that type of what felt like at some points in, in our journey, a quite a profound loss. It wasn't the loss of my child. We were connected all the way through and, but it was, it was a loss of a whole bunch of ideas. That resonates with me tremendously. Yeah. And I think as any parent too, you, the idea that your child might experience more hardship than yes. deserve than they should ever have to go through. I think that uh, is a big layer isn't in it, isn't it? Yeah, huge layer, huge layer. I mean, I I apologize to my son all the time because I am the absolute helicopter parent. You know, I worry about him all the time. I I mean, we all worry about our children. But, you know, trans individuals in the world are an incredibly maligned and um, at-risk group. And... And I worry about him and his friends and his community a lot. Uh, and all you want for your kid is to be safe and happy. That's all you want. <laughs> you know, so, um, 
Yeah. It, it, and it's why it, it's hard. You know, I'll probably make other feature. Well, I hope I'll make other feature films and I'll tell other stories and stuff. But, but I think probably the reason why this has been so tender for me and so, you know, has meant so much to me is because it is about that primary relationship, you know, for me and my family. Yeah. And yet the mother's not in the film, but she's there um, as Very well. Right. Was that, that was a deliberate piece of the mother who's been so supportive of Dawn through their transition, but you don't see that, but then it's that whole awakening of. Yeah. And she is present. She's very present. And we talked a lot about, oh, this is a Miranda moment, you know, where Dawn is in the kitchen. She suddenly just feels her mother with her, mm-hmm. you know, or she's in the, tra- she's in the, in the tractor shed and she knows her mom is there, you know, so we, we talked about that, but I think to have had Miranda in the film would have created a dynamic, which would have been a lot harder to resolve between father and daughter and would it become a film about mother and father and taking sides and one person perhaps digging in their heels and you know etc etc so it it was kind of important for Miranda sorry Miranda to remove her and that makes sense because then the central focus is on is on Dawn and um, and their experience coming back. So that's I, right. Yeah, that's great. And Miranda was already on sign uh, on side. Miranda already understood their child and knew where they were going. And yeah, we didn't want it to be. A, I didn't want it to be a conflict between these two parents, even though, you know, that's another story. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I have a quick question um and uh Maya kind of referenced this a bit earlier but I was just curious kind of your perspective on this Shelley so for you as a director what was the importance of hiring a transgender actor to play Don or I guess maybe a better question what it would be like what came first because you mentioned that Rob was casted and then you kind of created the character um so maybe what came first Don the character or Maya as the actor oh uh Don the character came first um, and when I met Maya, then there was just no question. So that was easy. But, um, the, there, there was never any question, you know, that, that it, that it would be a, a trans individual plan. I, I mean, I, I, I'd be hung out to dry if I even considered anything else. Um, but that, you know, it's not that I need, need to be seen to be doing the right thing I need to do the right thing and and we 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 need proper representation for for trans individuals across the media and we need them to be respected and build their 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 earning power and build build their you know everything so yeah so that was a no-brainer for me as far as cast um, and the, the wider crew as well, it looked like, um, you know, there was some good representation. I'm just wondering, like, how, like how many, um, 
you know, positions were given to um, the rainbow community. And, and it also looked like you filmed in, in um, LGBTQ2 plus uh, friendly locations as well. Um, I'm thinking the coffee shop. I feel like I recognize that coffee shop um, quite well and love it. Um, and I believe it's 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 a very queer friendly place um, to visit. So would you want to speak a little bit to, to bringing in the community into this film project? Yeah, um, that was that was so great. Um, that coffee shop is in Antigonish. Um, and uh, my son, uh, who is T. Thomason, um, uh, you know, he, he really grew up there and had to leave there. <laughs> and um, it, it had been a, a community which had its challenges with the queer community for, for some time. And um, and so going back there uh, over the last few years, it's, it's changed dramatically. It's, it's, it's really, really changed so much that it, it, it was just a pleasure. So, um, yeah, so the community, uh, were incredibly supportive. Um, we had a lot of, uh, we had a lot of representation on set of, um, uh, you know, members of the queer community and, um, um, a, a mixture of, of BIPOC individuals and, and, and you know, we, we tried really hard, you know, and in, in Nova Scotia, it's still not, easy um and it's not that those individuals aren't there they probably are but it's it's how to reach people and you know we tried a lot of different methods to reach people um you know and the fact is there's still a lot of individuals who don't want to identify in a particular way and so consequently it's a it's a a chicken and egg situation where you want people to be represented but you have to you have to find a way that individuals are uh, comfortable with, you know, like it's, so it's tricky, but um, I think Maya could probably talk to what she felt about our casting crew. Yeah, it was great. And I also just wanted to touch that it was like a very strong, like woman led team as well, which was super amazing. So just having that energy there was awesome. And yeah, just so many different LGBT people, even just behind the scenes as well working. So it was just nice to have that camaraderie and yeah, that energy for sure. We had it. We had a really amazing. Uh, casting crew and one of the things that was interesting because we were coming out and we were the first film out of the gate in Atlantic Canada during COVID and uh, which brought it its own challenges but it did bring several challenges with regard to crewing up and so we had this incredible mixture of really high highly qualified people and brand newbies you know and they met and created this nexus of beautiful energy and kindness and like it was really great you know I mean I get all booga booga about it but it was really yeah it was it was a very it was a special project from that point of view and some wonderful wonderful members of the trans community involved in it on on many levels I don't know if you know Katie Brooker I think she's Katie Brooker McKay uh who who was one of our uh riggers or grips riggers I think um just, just a great gal and, you know, full of beans and fully optimistic all the time. And Chris Cochran was involved yeah. in the project as well. Um, yes. 
Yeah, she's amazing. Her character has been we had to we had to make some hard choices when we were editing, so we you know, she's not as visible as I would have liked, but she was visible in our hearts and on set and in her support and her advocacy. So I I count that as being a huge part of our film family. She really stood out to me, actually, in the scene, like it was the funeral. And um, I thought that was really, really well shot. And it was fun, like, you know, kind of picking out people that you recognize from around you. And I don't know, just also I'm a come from away, but I've been here for almost 10 years. And just looking at the locations and then seeing some people that, you know, and, and that knowing that this is great opportunity for visibility and representation and um, was just, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it was pretty Remarkable, pretty special. Oh. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Um, Maya, what are you working on now? Will we be lucky to get you back out here to the East Coast or? Uh, are you yeah, I'd love to. I... <laughs> yeah, um, I'd love to. I've, I had so much fun doing acting. Like I would do it any day of the week. It was such a joy. It didn't even feel like work to me, even though the days were so long. I just loved every minute of it. So yeah, I'm very into doing more projects. Um, I've just been doing some auditions and stuff. Um, it's been strained, obviously, because of COVID. But um, yeah, I'm definitely hoping that there's more acting in the future. And I would love to come do more films over in Nova Scotia. It's so beautiful here. Uh, my apartment right now has like a view of the Citadel, which is so nice. Um, yeah I love it here I love the ocean I love the people everyone's so friendly and yeah definitely um but right now I'm just doing YouTube and stuff like that um but hopefully more roles in the future oh excellent excellent well no that's exciting and we'll have to keep watching watching out um as far as the role like with movie the movies getting into schools and that is that an approach that uh, you're gonna be taking because I just kept thinking watching it this would be great to show for teachers to use as a classroom tool yeah um I hope so eventually uh we have you know we have a kind of rollout plan over the next year and a half and then and then it goes to crave at some point um and then <clears throat> perhaps after that it it would uh, go but i we i've always thought that too i mean um I, i've always wanted it to be shown at 4h clubs with parents and kids there and uh you know so that um, cuz there's a lot there's a lot of 4h clubs and there's a lot of people still in rural communities who wouldn't hurt to hear the conversation wouldn't wouldn't hurt to get it going <laughs> It's true. It's true. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we're, we're working. We're a work in pro progress, and I, I feel really happy about being um, on the East Coast. I'm glad the film was shot here and is rolling out here as well, because I think there is a lot of really great work that's being done around inclusivity and um, and the acceptance and inclusion of trans and gender expansive children. Um, but yeah, like you said, the further that you go out, sometimes there is still that um the barrier and generally it's just that fear of not knowing or making a mistake and so people shut down but once they're given the information um and you know they recognize it's like like it's just a level of kindness and being open to being able to respect someone for who they tell you that they are then people are generally very good about about getting it yeah Um, i find uh 
it's it's so hard to hear sometimes here in Nova Scotia that so many people still think like, oh, trans people don't exist here. Like there's only trans people in like Halifax or like Toronto or like big urban cities. And I'm like, no, like I can guarantee probably someone in your neighborhood is like at least like non-binary, queer to some degree of whatever it is, but you just maybe haven't talked to them or maybe you just don't know that information. People, you know, like to kind of get in their own bubbles and then they're like, nope, there's nothing inside of this. There's nothing beyond what I understand. So I think that's that, that was probably the most important takeaway for me personally in my own experience that to have queer representation in a rural community that is like based around that community learning and understanding and growing as a community rather than one individual coming in and disrupting everything. Like it was very centered around like family and growth, which was really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. And I, I think that um, what's really important for Dawn as well in the film is seeing that the, the rural community isn't just this desolate plane of heteronormativity. Um, Dawn sees um <coughs> Banu and Ethan and sees that cafe as like a safe haven and those pockets exist in the rural areas and even from my own experience as well there's people that you grew up with that sometimes as well are part of the LGBT community and but you didn't know when you're in your small town together because it wasn't safe or it wasn't accepted so it's really amazing to see other queer individuals um, flourish and grow once they leave the rural community and you would have otherwise not known, like there's people that I know that I grew up with or grew up within the community. And they also, I guess, didn't feel safe or that the topic was accepted in the community. And so it wasn't until later that they were able to either come out or transition. And so to see those people as well, it's kind of like a camaraderie in a sense. And it shows that there's a lot more going on than even you realize. And that's something that I feel like Dawn as well um, discovers through Ethan and Banu being in her town. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're getting towards the end here. So I just want to kind of end things off with this uh, towards both of you, but specifically Maya here, but what would you say to young trans gender expansive kids or young adults who might be interested in pursuing uh, the film industry? Um, I would just say uh, go for it, obviously, um, but also know your boundaries and know what you are comfortable with. I feel like there's also a big shift happening in the film community on an even larger scale um, with the Me Too movement and all of that stuff happening. And so I think there's a bit of a power shift happening, um, hopefully. And so I think um, just being aware of what your value is and um, going in um, and creating a space for yourself that feels safe and comfortable and not allowing yourself to be forced into positions that aren't cool. Cause I've heard so many stories, right? So um, I think that's really important. Um, your safety always comes first. Um, and yeah, I, I think that the world is opening up, things are changing and there's going to be endless opportunities. And so if it's something you're really passionate about, you can definitely make it happen. Like I had no, I had no clue that I would be where I am right now. It's wild. Like when I was growing up, I always loved acting, but when I realized I was trans, I thought, well, what does this mean for my future? Will I be able to have a career? Will I be 
openly trans or if I wanted to do something like this, would I have to be stealth and would I have to try to blend in, you know? And so I feel like there's so many questions out there, but with the way that things are going, I'm just so hopeful. And I think that there's so many opportunities for people now. And yeah, I never imagined I'd be able to be doing what I'm doing right now as who I am. So um, anything's possible and you can make it happen. Thank you so much for bringing this story to homes and and to the screen. And because really through storytelling, um, you're changing lives. So, you know, there's going to be young kids out there that watch this film and and see you, Maya, and are going to be like, oh, my gosh, this is me. This is how I've been feeling. And I can do this. You know, you're going to give them hope. And then for cis people watching this film, hopefully, you know, um, it will give the opportunity to um, build great allyship and for them to actually have that aha moment and go, okay, I get it now. I, I understand. And and this, I know I can be a better person to make people feel more comfortable and included. So it's such beautiful storytelling that, uh, that you did through this film. Both of you, Shelly and, and Maya. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. That's thank that you. Means a lot from you guys. Thanks. Well, that's all the time we have today, folks. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Hey Sis. If you have any questions you want to ask or want to join in on the conversation, email us at connect at simplygoodform.com. Thank you all, and remember, inclusion matters.